Esports is one of the fastest growing industries in the world. And this is the podcast where we talk all things branding, marketing, sponsorship, and events. I'm Rebecca Langawa, founder of Happy Warrior, and I'm an esports brand builder and strategist. Join me as I discuss the world of marketing and esports with some of the top experts in the industry. Welcome to the future marketing in esports. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the future of marketing and esports. I'm your host, Rebecca Longoa. With me today, I have the talented Martin Byerly, hailing from Vancouver, Canada. Martin was a 26-year-old founder of Mountainside Games. Been around for about two years, right? You're 28? Yep, spot on. Young CEO, just rocking it um, up in in Vancouver. Um, How did you get the idea to build out Mountainside Games and tell me a little bit about what you guys do there. Well, thank you for introducing me, by the way. And you killed my name. Sometimes people chop that by early, but like spectacular. Thank you. Right <laughs> on. Um, Mountainside Games actually is a, a passion project. I play Super Smash Bros. Ultimate competitively. I go to tournaments and there was someone there who was streaming every single weekly that was going on. He did it for about two years. He bought all the equipment necessary. And at one point he was like, I don't want to do it anymore. And I seen the benefit of learning this production side of the industry. And I wanted to continue helping my community. So I made a deal with them. And I said, listen, I know you have all of this equipment. You have a YouTube channel. You don't want to do it anymore. Can I take it over? I want, I want to build something from this. I see an opportunity. Uh, and he said, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. So. I got all of the equipment and I slowly started to learn how to use it. And over many, many failures and many events, I got fluent in the streaming side of things. At at that point, I was looking at the tournaments that were going on and I said, I can host a tournament. I, I could do this too. So I went to a local bar who was looking for a tournament to go on for Super Smash. And I approached them and made a deal and we started our first tournament series which kicked off the entire like mountainside games running weekly tournaments and this is you know just pre covid at this point so we're running we're running a weekly we're doing streams for other weeklies uh, i got my business partner jameson crawford big big part of what i do he takes care of a lot of the tournament organization side and i'm more of the overstructure and the the production side and together we just started crushing it and and that's the beginning i mean i'd I seen someone with with an idea and I which I was passionate about and I said I want to continue this like I see value I w- I want to go and we went I love it I love it So do you guys have a facility that people can come into or are you just going out into the world and and putting these events on We actually just go out into the world I see a lot of value bringing uh tournaments to spaces that are already here uh places like bars um Canadian brew house we're starting to work with and we have a local facility that actually opened up not too long ago like it's a what do they call it communal workspace yeah Um, and and they have a whole bunch of computers and I was like you have monitors do you want me to bring people to your space and do esports and they were like yes yeah please (laughs) I love that and how many people do you have on staff is it you and your co-founder and then you bring other people in as an event to event basis or how does how does the structure work it, it is exactly that so it's it's 
me and my co-founder, AJ, uh, Aaron Johnson, has been helping us out a lot for quite a few years and, and mentoring me on that side of things. So he's always around as, as someone to be able to rely on as well. And then just pulling in volunteers, people who have an interest in production, have an interest in tournament organization, event management, anyone who wants to develop their skills, we give them an opportunity to do so in a comfortable environment. And you were recently in Edmonton. That's where we met yeah. um, in person, putting on an activation. Can you share more about that? Yeah, of course. I, I really love this. This particular activation is spectacular because I think it takes what is missing out of esports and, and adds it into an environment that normally it, it wouldn't thrive in. So like a lot of these anime cons, you'll see tournaments coming up, a lot of like smaller conventions or even like uptown, you know, like pr- what, are they, what, are they, what do they call it? It's the, um, I'm looking for the word, like city festivals that go on in the streets and everyone yeah 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 like like a i don't know like commute community events and carnivals and yes k days is where is where that activation was so k days used to be called klondike days in edmonton alberta and and their like their convention center had like this big expo right like a big community expo with a ton of different activations going on in there. So I don't know if there's like an actual, I don't, I don't think I said the word you were looking for, but I don't know what that word is either. I think we described it well enough where someone in the comments will be like, the word you're looking for is like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the activation itself is uh, we create a main stage production shrunk down for anybody to be able to participate with. What that means is that any kid looking to get into esports, any parent who doesn't, really know what esports is or even just you and your friend who are walking by can step on to what feels like a main stage and be a player or a caster and eventually a director we're we're working on that aspect but we're trying to showcase all of these different pieces of what esports is and make sure that the interest is there and we want to bring it to everyone only 1% of people get to participate in something what's the fun in that let's service the other 99% of individuals and we did exactly that. And the booth was bumping the entire time. What it pretty much means is that you get the spotlight. Like anybody can get the spotlight and walk up. And that feeling of being in the 10, like 10 seconds of fame in front of everybody is just like, it, it feels good. I like delivering good feelings. That's the goal. What age range of, of um, people are you seeing really interacting with the experiences that you're building these experiences are like anywhere from like five years old kids who can barely like touch a controller to about 25 30 right now anyone over 30 is usually like a parent and i like you know getting the the son versus dad throwdown on the main stage because it's a good storyline and they get to have some fun uh but yeah everybody everybody between that five to 30 range is like why not take a couple of seconds and, and be an esports superstar? I love that. I love that. And you guys have a partnership with the gaming stadium, which is also in Vancouver. How did that come to fruition? That that's a really interesting one because they've always been around um, for, for quite a few years now. They've been in Vancouver and during COVID, they shut down their facilities and they started restructuring into an online environment. During that time, I started hanging out uh, and working with AJ, trying to develop some online uh, shows. 
because I have an interest in in all senses of production. I want to be well. I, I am a producer on like, you know, a tiny scale, but I, I want to continue developing those skills. Um, so we started making shows, and I started working with them on podcasts, and we started being in that similar space. And at that time, uh, the relationship with Spiro and AJ felt like a very beneficial one. So I was working my job at a local gym. I, I quit my my full-time job and I was like, I'm going to 50-50 like my passion and just something to get me by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just like seven days a week and I couldn't focus on anything for a good couple months. And Spiro seen that and he's like, listen, dude, I think that if you focused on what you need to do, you can do something amazing. So I'm going to support you and invest into your company so you can quit your other job and focus on this full time. So I did exactly that. And and I'm extremely thankful because that one, that like year of development helped just bootstrap everything else that we've been able to accomplish up to this point. Right. That's phenomenal. Spiro's a great guy. I've had yes. a lot of really great conversations with him on, you know, he really understands early initiatives and like what are the building blocks that need to be put into place, right. In order to, to get there. And he's done, he's done some pretty incredible things with women's carball championship league over the years. So I just had a really great call with him recently. So serve like the services that you guys provide, are you integrating with the gaming stadium? Are you guys partnering? I think you, I think the activation was partnered with the gaming stadium that you were conducting in Edmonton. Is that a pretty, pretty regular thing? It, it has been recently. I don't, I'm hoping that it continues being a regular thing. Cause I believe that participating in these fan expos and anime revos as a esports activation is, is necessary. And like these ideas that we bring to the table and these experiences that we give people aren't like a single you know, it's not only for the people, but it's also for the brands. Like we have a very, AJ is amazing with branding. It is, it is one of his best strengths and it's one of the things that he brings to the table. So being able to create these experiences and, and attach brands to them is his, his culmination. And I'm starting to learn a lot from him. Like this journey that I'm on, I'm, I'm just at the beginning. Like I'm, I'm just, you know, in a little cocoon right now trying to morph into a butterfly. And it's thanks to a lot of people around me helping me through this journey while I'm doing these beginning steps that I can't even get there. So yeah, these these experiences are supposed to be here for brands and for brands to be able to attach to because we're having a a little bit of an issue with with esports right now with grassroots organizations finding the funds to be able to focus on it full time and make something amazing. Yeah. Uh, so if, if we can find a way to bring that like that corporate America into esports and like blend those two worlds, which is exactly what we've found to do with you know the the caster experience or the the main stage experience, uh, then that's like that's a dub all over, and it's something that can be replicated many times over. Uh, yeah. So yeah, just, I, think, I think what you're building those experiences are what brands are trying to execute. So I think there's a lot of potential to reach out to brands and fill that need in lieu of them trying to build it from scratch and potentially miss the mark, right? Because they don't have the level of experience that you have in creating an experience that the broader community is wanting to engage with, right? There's a lot of lessons learned over the past two years. 
Yeah, spot on. If there's one thing I've learned is gamers are fickle and they can tell when you're not one of their own. So if you walk in trying to be, hey, I'm a gamer, but you're not actually a gamer, we can smell that. <laughs> we, <laughs> we know that you're just you're just there to be there. But if you're there to genuinely like help and participate and it's through the guise or the the mouth of someone who they trust, then they will absolutely adopt you. And and if there's one thing I know about the communities is they're like they're tight knit and and they support their own because they want to see it grow. Yeah. So how are you finding these events and like tell me a little bit about like your your process, like your sales process in terms of finding an event, reaching out. Um, is it are the things being mostly inbound? Is it outbound? I'd love to hear about it. So with a lot of the events that we do, we stay. It, it's been a lot of word of mouth and people who are interested in esports. Um, being able to cold call and reach out hasn't worked too well for finding a venue for me. And I, I've done it. I've put in my legwork when it, when it comes to trying to find a venue. And uh, it, it can be really difficult. The person has to be open and they have to see the opportunities in, in the mm. long term. Because the short term grassroots organizations, uh, you're not going to make a lot of money in the short term. But if you can establish yourself that's where you really find the niche and and the cash coming in uh, with an audience and and with your skill set. I mean, we're so new in this industry that not a lot of people can have those skills that instantly transfer over to you know a, a monetary success. Uh, so they have to see the long term. I mean, all all of our events that we've been going long long term with Home HomeKey being one of them. That is the the communal workspace turning esports. Wakapalooza. I, I don't know what because <laughs> uh, they definitely they're like huge into into esports now. That was word of mouth through TGS. The venue before that was TGS right after COVID that we transformed into something we called the cave, which I mean, I don't know if we can insert like a, a trailer or anything eventually, but like we'll add we links. Have, we'll add links. You can yeah, link can in the highlight. description below. It's it's an, like we're talking about an experience and activation and it's hard to you know just know what we're talking about right from a listener standpoint but if i can give a little bit of context to some of the some of the spaces and i can't remember what you guys called it it looks like a pillar but how oh, did the, you guys those stations the hydra the hydra it's, yeah. the hydra the so it's it, it's basically like these these gaming setups that there's four of them and it, it it's like imagine there's an imaginary pillar and on each side of the four pillars is a setup and so it's like the kids are sitting there almost like knees to knees they've got their own complete setup and it's great cuz it's a phenomenal use of space you can you can have a large number of them happening at the you know in in the same space in a smaller space they look really cool it's very clear when someone's at one and when somebody's not right, right. um so it and it feels very much like it, it leads you to know like there's a station open you can just sit down, put on some earphones and and kind of get rocking and rolling and so that that I thought was like a really cool way to get a lot of gamers in and activating and playing together in a large large building but in a very small dedicated space right. It just, it was very inviting. And then you also had like a larger stage 
you know, uh, within there as well. People could walk on and sit on and be up and experience. How, how large of an activation have you guys done? Like what's the, what's the, what's the scale that you guys can get to? Is it limitless? It, it is limitless as long as we have the, the devices. So we have five of those Hydras, which were all on display during that activation. Uh, it was a 20 by 50 space, I believe we had over in Edmonton. Uh, and the actual free play area was really only like a, a 20 by 20. Um, and we were able to fit 16 setups with this, this new way of being able to approach it, which translates to 32 butts in seats playing games at the very minimum, man. That's that's pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. <laughs> it was hopping. It was like it was it was busy, but it wasn't like backed up. Right. It, it was like it was a pretty good flow of of people coming in and, and engaging in that space. When you decide that you're, you know, you get booked on a project or you're going to do a specific event, whether it's a one-off or ongoing, how are you marketing your company and those opportunities? Are you guys marketing them? Is the venue itself marketing it? Are you both? How how are you getting the word out that these things are happening and that people can come and experience it? So the this is actually a really good question because I believe that to be able to target like the people who are going to these events, the event itself does have to have a a, a participation in marketing. You have to advertise. You know, we're going to have esports. The hard part with what we do is no one's ever seen it before how do you describe it when it's it's something so brand new i mean you've seen monitors on tables and you've seen you know a, a main stage setup with a projector but have you seen the, the msg esport experience right right i mean you have I have. that's why we're here that <laughs> i know and it was really cool and it got my wheels turning on some of the things that i work on and some of my clients um and like you talked about the way you're growing your business is word of mouth, right? So I, I, I know business will come based on just me being able to have experienced it myself and encourage my clients to, to partner, right? Um, and bring it into their experiences, um, especially on the brand side, because they do want something, like you said, that really does fuse that community story together. And then they can do what they do best, which is talk about their brand and talk about what they're whether they're endemic or non-endemic to the space and let you guys be the you know that that bridge that brings credibility to why they're at that space why they're at a convention or an expo or you know some type of of community event how are you marketing yourself as a gamer and a streamer for for myself honestly like the marketing is the hardest part about all of this from my perspective as someone who also like i'm an executor for the most yeah. part but the marketing side is is so foreign and new there's no centralized place to really get everybody's eyes on it or reach your audience a lot of the time with with streamers or marketing yourself it's trying to get either get in front of people which uh, i've had people a, a lot of people help me out i was on the panel because spiro was like Hey, I think you'd be good at the panel. And I was like, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but as, as a streamer and an individual, it's actually from doing what I love, which is going out to a lot of these events, going out to tournaments, hosting my own tournaments, and just talking with people. I enjoy that one-on-one -on -one connection. I enjoy being personable because it feels real. And, and I enjoy that, that realness and the tangible conversations that you can have with people. The downside is 
you don't reach a whole ton of people because you only got so many hours in a day. So it's right, like right. Cho- choosing who you talk to is very important. And I mean, I enjoyed our conversation in, in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, we had a we had a nice little walkabout through a, through the carnival, chatting. Do you find it difficult to balance being a gamer and streamer and being a CEO of a company and finding adequate time to build your personal brand within? Yes, I I do have difficulty with that strictly because the the energy that goes out is like both of those things take energy. And if yep. you're constantly playing games for an audience and then working on the company, when do you have time to recharge? Right. And and the recharge is so important. I mean, n- not a lot of people get it and I feel like that that grind set should be there and and it is, but you can only do so much so figuring out ways to optimize that is is what i've been up to for the past year or so yeah and i would imagine the events that you're producing are evenings and weekends primarily spot on yeah so then it's like you have to focus on the business itself during the day possibly have some time to to stream and and engage in that in in your twitch community but i mean as someone who we we both spoke on the same panel i speak a bit um, a lot of those happen on weekends as well. You know, like it's like when are you going to carve out a weekend where you do nothing, right? Except for just enjoy nature, get out, and or just sleep in for a day, even. Right. Yeah. There. You you have to be really particular with the time that you spend, and I believe that there's times and places to be able to use all the energy that you have. Um, but it, it it gets really really difficult, especially in my position as like grassroots organization. I mean. Uh, I don't. I can't do this full time. I have to actually take work on the side as well. So it's CEO plus, uh, you know, trying to build brands plus relax plus make money on the side. Yeah. So <laughs> being being such a young founder in an emerging market, tell me about your your family support. I mean, and uh, you know, did you have support from family members? That did they understand what you were trying to do? No, actually, and th- this is funny because I was actually I was talking with my grandfather, who's like my dad, uh, yesterday about this. Growing up, I played video games competitively and always got the "you'll never make money from video games" speech. You know that that stuff will rot your brains. So th- they didn't understand, and honestly, like even getting into it, I didn't know what I was doing because that's the brand new emerging emerging industry. All I knew is that at this moment. I needed to I, I want to be a successful person. Like that's that's who I am as an individual. Uh it's something I love and it's an emergent industry where I can eventually work my way up to be someone who can can be an expert. Right, right. That that kind of that kind of all boils down. I my parents and my grandpa still don't know what I do. I, I can explain it to them all day and they're like, I don't know how to help you. And I'm like, Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> do they ask? Are they interested? They they ask. They do. Yeah, but they. Yeah. I think I have to show them. I think I have to like do something big and just be like, "This is what I do." You right. see? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. My, you know, my mom has no idea what I do and doesn't understand it. She doesn't ask questions though. 
which not really that interested, but even when I worked in traditional sports, I worked for the Minnesota Timberwolves, which is an NBA team, pro NBA team. And she would constantly tell people I worked for the wild, which is the Minnesota's NHL team. Oh yeah. She'd like tell people. And then people, I was like, why all these people in my hometown think I work for the wild? Oh, it's because my mom's been telling them that for like years. That's who I work for. But I think, you know, the, the older generation it for them to understand the business of esports and even people that are like executives for some of these huge brands that I talk to that are not endemic to the space. They have a really hard time wrapping their head around. How do you make money? Right. How, like, what are those opportunities? Because I think in their minds, you're, if you're wanting to work in esports, that means you're going to be, you're trying to either be a professional gamer or you're trying to be a professional streamer, not really understanding roles like what you have, right. Which is on the, you know, production side of the space. So setting up experiences, whether it's a tournament or an event, or just a, a, um, come and sit and play for 15 minutes or an hour, kind of, a um, of an activation, sound, stage, lighting, casting, director, all of the things that you're actually showing out into that world. Not a lot of people understand that there's jobs around that. I mean, it's an entire ecosystem the same way um, that traditional sports or any type of entertainment, music entertainment businesses, where there's a lot of things that go into marketing and promotions and legal. It's just like massive opportunities. Uh, and I think a lot of times people don't really they're like, oh, so you want to play video games for a living, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do, but like I can't. Well, you do, so. <laughs> but, but you also do. Yeah. I mean, you're doing both at the same time, which is also like a major mind shift that a lot of um, a lot of people aren't really grasping that there's like the yes and yes, you're the CEO of a gaming company and you're a streamer and right. Like you can be all of those things, multidimensional, especially in this space. I mean, people are very open to that. And I think the most, the companies that are really going to be successful when it comes to uh, leaning into innovation. um, If you, if you are a company that's like, you know, we're interested in the metaverse and we're paying attention to the next wave of web three, those companies also have to think about their staff and how they can support their staff and allowing people to be multidimensional because once COVID hit, people have more choices in terms of where they're going to go and where they're going to work, right? Barriers were broken. Exactly. And the the benefit about being multidimensional is when you're a small company, you may need to pivot. And if you are single dimensional and you're trying to pivot, you're pivoting into something you have no idea what to do. But if you have those other dimensions to be able to play on, you have some of those other skill sets to be able to utilize. And I mean, in in an industry like ours, you kind of have to be a Swiss Army knife of the yeah. of the esport industry. So you said you said marketing is like a challenge for you. Yeah, spot on. Right, it's a gap. How are you currently kind of? filling that gap? Do you have people that are working for you on contract or what do you, how are you, how are you achieving? Cause you, cause you're growing and your business is doing well. So how are you getting that kind of box checked? Honestly, it's, it's a lot of working with uh, other individuals who understand the marketing side of things uh, at 
being useful and an executor has that benefit where uh, if somebody else is better at marketing and they they see a role that they need filled, they know who to call. So it's a little bit just making something unique and making sure that they want to attach it to things, keeping those relationships fresh. On the like the proper marketing for my own events, a lot of the time my business partner takes care of a good portion of that. We sit down and we come up with a plan ourselves and we go, okay, well, we've learned over the past three years that XYZ works and ABC doesn't. So let's try to focus on these things and get people out. And and it definitely has been working. Our our last event had an increase in like by like 30% and we capped out our venue. And I don't exactly know why, but I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and how are people like getting are, are you are you ticketing these events or how do how are you guys tracking when people are coming in the door? Are you having them sign up for something? Like are you able to capture people who are engaging with your brand? Are you able are you capturing them somewhere? Are you tracking who they are? Yes, of course. So we run turn like our thing is tournaments. We uh, specifically appeal to our community, the Super Smash Bros community, and this is a really interesting one because they are all over. They're in Washington. They're in Oregon. They have like s- smaller communities within the larger states and provinces. So this is a place where they have Facebook groups, they have Discords, they have places where they can go, and we get them all to sign up for a tournament page. So I have 110 names on my tournament page. They all have emails. uh, And these are all people that show up in person to be able to activate. And yes, it it is ticketed. And we, you know, keep track of we we came up with some merch actually not long ago that we're starting to sell. And, you know, just the small things, you know, a little bit here. Well, I think what what's successful in this space is not the traditional marketing tactics, it's the building community. And, and having conversations with that community that you have built, yes. right? I mean, yes. I, I think that's really, and that is what the future of marketing is, right? In, in, in esports is, and that every industry can learn from um, outside, of, outside of gaming and esports is how do you build a community of people who, you know, you take a look at a brand like Yeti Coolers and they have a community of people who have the same type of lifestyle. There you go, Right. <laughs> and they lean in on that on that lifestyle. I mean, but they're a cooler company. Right. They make cups and coolers. So, you know, but if you look at their social media, it's not like every single post is a picture of their cooler. It's a community of people who are adventurers, right? But on GoPro takes that same model where a lot of their commercials are fought are shot with their product by their community. So they feel like they're included. And I believe that a lot of these brands that kind of feel a little bit more soulless need to find a way to be able to build that within themselves. They have to have something to offer. They have to be personable, whether that's, you know, well, the traditional way a lot of the times was what getting someone who already had a market and it's still now, I guess, is putting a face to a brand. And you're like, yeah. I, I know this person. I now feel like I want to be involved with brand X because I like person Y. It, it kind of makes sense. But when you can be the face and be there for it, uh, especially for these grassroots uh, stages, I mean, be be that person. If you're not, then someone else will be and you're going to lose that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. S- smart. So how talk to me about some of your goals. What are some of the goals that you have with your with your company? What are you wanting to do? Number one goal 
I want to run a large scale uh, event with over 500 people. That's like the two to three year goal right now. I'm slowly working my way up. I mean, we were doing weeklies with 30 people. We transferred over to monthlies. Now we're hovering like 80 to 130 people. I'm looking at a new venue to be able to hopefully fit 200 people. And if we can establish that and continue giving people an experience that they want to come back to every you know couple months, then I believe that a major is in our future. And, and that really excites me because you know the, the hard part with grassroots esports is you don't have a huge audience. If you, you know, have 2,000 people who participated in your tournament over the year, that doesn't particularly ins- like excite some of those larger sponsors who want to dump cash into it. Yeah. Uh, even when streaming online, I mean, we, we have usually about 100 people who show up to our stream to be able to watch our stuff. But getting sponsors involved on a higher scale is still really difficult. They're not looking at those impressions. So I don't until you get to those big tournaments, you know, I have a thousand people showing up now, you know, Red Bull or Logitech is like, okay, well, let's have a conversation. (laughs) Right, right, right. But I do feel like for companies who, especially the non-endemics who are like, we know we should be in gaming, but we really don't know how, but we want to own an activation. I think, I think there's a model there for you to be that resource to say, you know, they're not necessarily sponsoring your owned activation. They're owning the activation and you're being contracted to execute it almost like white labeling um, and and being there and then charging a premium for that. That, That's an incredible perspective, to be honest, because as, as I said, like being an executor, if you can do it well, they would want to attach themselves to it. Uh, but it's not only like the execution of creating the event. Uh, a lot of the times, I think those companies would want to see some sort of video or like photography of it to be able to document what's going on, so they can use it, you know, for right. their socials or whatever. Exactly. Uh, now you're now you're creating an experience that like is for them. That that that's like you know whatever the the State Farm Challenge or whatever it may be. But then you you're spot on. Like get all of that ancillary content. And, uh, you know, be the, be the media arm as well, clip things out, give them stuff for their marketing team to create highlights, feature it on their socials, do some live froms. I think that, I think that would be pretty badass. Listen up grassroots esports organizations. This is the future. (laughs) Make sure you tune (laughs) into the podcast. (laughs) Absolutely. For sure. For sure. And then what about your, um, when it comes to your personal brand as a streamer, what do you, you're streaming on Twitch? Yeah, I, I stream on Twitch. I'm um, I mainly on on Twitter and my socials. I have a I'm creating a plan to be able to update those things more often with the things that I do, uh, mm-hmm. because I I do a lot of things. I'm just also an individual who doesn't who who needs to show more. You know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. So we talked uh, about that. We talked about that when we were walking around the fair, like how how do you highlight and in what cadence all of the things that you're doing in a way that's going to resonate with that audience right? right um so i think we can we can we can have a follow up call too on like how do you really build that the foundation of a personal brand right cuz i've done right. that with like pro athletes in the past and i'm working with a pro streamer 
um, here in that's based in Minnesota on how, what, what is that cadence? How can you figure out what those pillars are of who you are, what your brand story is? And then how do you, how do you bring that into the world? And there's some things that, that you might do that really don't, won't fit what you consider to be your brand pillar. So those you set to the side, right. But you have to prioritize and you need to find balance in terms of that, of that content strategy. What's your gamer tag? Uh, my name is Zarango. Yeah, let me just. Yeah, Zarango. Zarango, go Zarango, go Zarango. We used to have a cat named Rango, so. That's it. Yeah, it came from Dodge Durango way back when, when I was tired of being generic Xbox Gamer Boy seventy seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. That's fun. So yeah. I'll have to follow you on Twitch. Where else can people find you? What's the best way for people to connect with you and learn more about your company? Is there a website we should direct them to? Do you want people to connect with you on LinkedIn? Uh, yeah, LinkedIn is great. I have a link tree actually that we can drop in the bottom with all of uh, the socials. I could do my personal ones and then uh, also Mountainside Games uh, link tree because link tree is amazing. Links it on is. links on links. <laughs> links on links on links. I I I love it. Well, we need to catch up soon and talk through some personal branding things. I want to ideate with you a little bit about some of the projects that I've got coming up. I think we should probably explore some opportunities there as well. But I just want to thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing your story with with my guests. Uh, awesome, Martin Byerly. Thanks so much for coming on. Of course. I, I just want to say that uh, I really appreciate you know the opportunity to be able to come on this show. And this is a really great opportunity for a lot of the people who are listening right now to see someone who's on the journey, right? Because I am I am at the growth stage of of esports. This isn't like, you know, let me let me tell you about all the things <laughs> that I know that could help you. This is like, let's figure it out because we need more grassroots organizations to be successful in this industry so we can grow. Like we're not gonna find success unless we all are able to at all levels, get there. Um, right. So come come with me on my journey. <laughs> yes, follow Martin's journey. And honestly, like I was just so impressed with you. Extremely articulate, doing big things, taking big risks. Um, such a young founder um, to be a CEO at 26 years old in an emerging market. That's a big. That's a big risk, and uh, takes some. It, it takes a lot to throw yourself into that. So bravo to you. And it's, it's, um, I'm looking forward to, uh, continuing to, to build and grow together. Yes. Thank you very much. I, you're gassing me up a little bit right now. I'm blushing. You're kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of a big no. deal, Martin. <laughs> awesome. uh, thank you, Rebecca. Thanks.